being uncomfortable helped me grow faster and, and having chats with people like yourselves and, and really grow and, and dare to ask the questions. So I don't say I'm, I'm, I'm confident and just say that I know how to deal with uncertainty. Welcome to the Hyper Engage podcast. We are so happy to have you along our journey. Here, we uncover bits of knowledge from some of the greatest minds in tech. We unearth the hows, whys, and whats that drive the tech of today. Welcome to the movement. Hey, greetings, everybody. This is Hyper Engage podcast, and we have Vip, uh, uh, Mick from Warmats. Uh, is uh, serving as a head of customer success. And uh, the last time we had one product, SaaS product feature named Goalcast, we'll dig in deep into what Warmats does. Thank you very much, Vic, uh, Mick, for taking the time today and uh, you know coming up here for this conversation. Thank you, Adil, for, uh, for having me and of course, Taylor as well. Um, what do you want to discuss today? Like, what are we gonna enlighten, or what are we gonna bring to bring to our audience? Absolutely. So uh, first off, we would like to know more about what uh, what is uh, that's your role about. Like, why did you choose that? And uh, a bit more insights into your personality. Like, why did you choose customer success as a profession? Uh, what is your why? A little bit on that, and then uh, you know about uh, the product uh, because uh, we. We know how video work does, how, you know, you, I mean, how it helps in the onboarding and training and, you know, uh, knowledge base uh, for your entire team, not just the customer or the, your entire operation. Uh, we would like to more uh, know more about, uh, about Warmats. Yeah, so like um, a little over 10 years ago, I started to work in tech, uh, actually uh, uploading content into a Magento database as a, like a product manager and a combination with sales. And since then, I, I slowly grow, grew into commercial teams. Like I really loved uploading content, but uh, actually client side was more, uh, more my, uh, my cup of tea. Um, and then um, being a sales manager uh, into the, like the travel tech. And then afterwards, I actually realized that sales is nice, but in a SaaS or subscription-based model, actually post-sales is where it begins. So um, uh, I grew into the post-sales sales organization, but I could say that I think I'm one of the more commercial-focused customer success uh, uh, leaders. And um, people in my team always say, yeah, Mick, come on, can we also take off our sales shoes sometimes? And I actually say, no, you have to like uh, commercial CS, lifetime value, revenue creation, creative um, uh, value creation and, and, and willingness to pay, like stretch it. And over three years ago, we started with formats and I actually was the first one that challenged the two co-founders and said, no, we don't do enterprise sales. We go into SaaS. What do we need? Um, a like modern business model. And that's in short, that's my, that's my history. And then um, in formats, we were in the go-to-market team, the, the board. And uh, today I'm still focusing on marketing demand gen and on customer success as head of customer success. And uh, it's, it's been a fun ride. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely. Really definitely. It really feels like you're comfortable in standing your ground when you know, uh, like what you what you should be doing. What gives you the confidence to to do that? I mean, I know so many people are often afraid to speak up, but you seem to drive in that direction. 
actually, I think I'm comfortable being uncomfortable. Like I completely know that it's all about learning, connecting, asking questions and saying that you fail. I think a few years ago, I, I built a little framework. So I make a list of things I need to do in a day. And then if I didn't succeed in the end, then either it's not important enough. And if it is important enough, why did I not ask someone for help? And, and, and I had a few managers that were asking like, okay, make this really, you have some balls. Like you say, actually, I don't know how to do it. Give me the tools to do it. And, and, and being uncomfortable helped me grow faster and, and having chats with people like yourselves and, and really grow and, and dare to ask the question. So I don't say I'm, I'm, I'm confident and just say that I know how to deal with uncertainty. Like the only certainty is that in one or two or five years, everything is going to be different. Um, on that topic, like, I don't know if you know, uh, Workquake from Steve Gadigan. I really love that book. It's about uh, like going, going post uh, trans transition oh. phase. That's amazing. I was just, one of the, one of the things I could just tell already that you're definitely like a little nerdy on the book side. I was going to say, what, what's, what are some books that uh, have changed your perspective and shifted your thinking into uh, like growing and feeling comfortable with being uncomfortable? Yeah, it's definitely that one. And, and, and that's what I like to, to like tell to my team. Like, it, it's not about what you know today. It's about how fast can you know what you have to, how fast can you learn what you have to know in a year? Like a deal if, or Taylor, if I would ask you, like, do you know what the world's going to be like in two years? No. <laughs> or maybe you say yes. And then yeah. Like, yeah. I'll give you all my money. I'll give you all my money, like here and now and tell me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Taylor. No, I was going to say that, that those are great points. It's really looking at your, how fast can you know that you don't know? And that's when in those moments, in that, in that moment is how, you know, exponentially fast you develop and you grow. Um, it's amazing. Absolutely. And having that uh, sort of a beginner mind uh, that is always has to be intact uh, with you that can help you forecast, uh, you know, things that you, you don't know and you just don't have any visibility on. So it's just about, you know, hustling and it's just about finding your answers. It's just about it. So let, let us, uh, you know, because uh, looking at your solution, I was thinking that, you know, uh, a product or a service like Warmats, uh, any individual or personal band can use it. Any customer support uh, team, whether one or 100 people can use it. Uh, outreach team can use it. Can you tell us more about what value means to your customer? So uh, in the beginning, we started with a mobile app and we really like betted heavily on user generated content or employee generated content. And slowly we've learned that maybe we were a bit early uh, and, and, and bigger, like bigger traditional companies are very slow in their transition. And maybe we thought we could change their way of working in two months, but now we know, okay, we need three to five years for that. So uh, we started with mobile on the go, and now we've adopted to a format platform where we help enterprises really adopt video in their day-to-day. -day. So we know that video can work for sales, but the power of asynchronous video is, is really millions and billions. Like we all know the Pretzies, the Loom, um, and and it's, it's a very interesting space, but it has a lot to do with the change of the way of working and adding a lot of value to a single touch point and go from there. So what you said, like creating a database for your own team with help videos, for example, how to make a upsell deal 
very like straightforward how to make an upsell deal in HubSpot. So you can use that for my whole CS team, but also for the future team. Um, and, and that's how you save a lot of time. You don't answer questions anymore without making a macro like that or like, like Intercom or any of the, 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 the software like customer success or customer support tools. So all about making templates, making macros, but we're there with text, but we're not there with video yet. And that's where we add value into internal communication, but also really on the employer branding side of things where it's all about you have a job ad it's amazing, but if you want to show the people, show the culture, show the place where you'll be working, you need at least a photo and definitely not a stock photo, but better if you would also have a little tour. Like the, the next gen, like Gen Z actually says that they don't trust corporate produced videos anymore because it's never reality. Uh, it's all about transparency and, and slowly that's taking over the role. But yeah, is this the right moment? Were we early three years ago? How is it going to be in two years? Uh, again, like if you know, uh, like we can only make predictions and forecasts, but tell me and I'll pay you a lot. Yeah, I mean, and uh, almost every time you'll get it wrong uh, before it <laughs> unleashes in front of your eyes. So yeah, so getting more into the product because we have used Loom, it's more collaborative uh, for our business uh, product as well. We have our own product named Cartland that helps people uh, replace email engagements with digital cards. So you will have an entire experience. You'll add messages and all, and with links to videos, proposals, and you know payment links and follow-up links and everything. So our our thought process initially was since I'm a, I'm a guy that's been with uh, with companies doing client relationship and you know customer support, sales, and all that uh, all my life. So uh, I thought that you know we should have some sort of uh, you know, fun as well as uh, uh, originality uh, into communication instead of people, you know, getting tired of old school emails and, you know, promotion. I get it every day. You get it every day. So that was a thought process. So what was your thought process while building it for, uh, for let's say, uh, not just enterprise, but small to mid market, or even uh, you go ahead and say, like, if I'm starting my SaaS product, early stage size of 10 people, how would I leverage uh, a product like uh, Wormats? So you are one of the early adapters. Um, and I think, right, like uh, if you can add humor to a process, amazing. Like I know salespeople that make memes and get like high conversion rate, but that's not for everyone. If you're a small team of 10, maybe one of them is creative enough with some tools and makes video. But if you really want to change the full process, you need to make sure that you facilitate, train, and educate all levels of people. Like, I don't know if you want to say red, blue, green, uh, yellow, or if you say early adopters, laggards, but in the end, what we do is we really went through the, like to the bottom of the, what, why do people not make videos yet? Is it insecurity? Do they know how to smile? How can we up the quality? How can you create templates or really easy to use, no, no editing, but, like a little AI, hey, you need to step a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left. When people film, they're focused on themselves and they're super insecure about my left nostril is bigger than my other nostril, so they forget about the message. And they need someone mm -hmm. to tell them it's about your message. Like it doesn't matter if your hair is left or right. And, and all of those little things we productized and we made trainings about it. So we're not there for the one person that is creative enough. No, we're there for the other 90% that needs the extra push is it inspiration is it custom onboarding is it a video from the ceo actually saying 
you can spend time on this. You're allowed to spend time, especially for the traditional companies, like your business end of year business review, making videos is not in there, but you are responsible for conversion rate. And we know that video could be an add-on and it could increase it, but then how can you facilitate those people? And that's what C-level managers, what managers now are struggling with. Like, yeah, you can also promote that one guy that's already doing it, but just saying good job, it's not going to help the other nine that need extra push or need extra guidance. Yeah, that, that's true. That's, that's, that's kind of uh, true. Uh, initially, when you're smaller, size is smaller, you are more focused towards, uh, you know, people that can get shit done, to be very honest. Because, uh, you know, you, you, don't, you don't have time, a lot of time to work on the people. That's, that's the truth, too. Uh, and, and you need to make sure you're spending it in the right places on, on, for something bigger that brings uh, some outcome. So now, uh, how big is your team at, at uh, Warmads? Like the customer success team is only four at the moment, but our revenue team is, uh, is like 15. And then we also have freelancers, but I'm also coaching some other teams like as a mentor in there that they have some bigger teams. So that's, that's really fun to see the differences. Also the difference in model, the difference in go to market, the difference in like, uh, yeah, we all know it, either tech touch or high touch or yeah. what, what, what are you allowed? But, but like, we are, we are still a very small team. Um, and, and then, and yeah, we're building the, the plane while flying. I have to say we're maybe at a slow start with three years gradual growth, but we're really going like aiming for the, for this, the, the, like the jump very soon, but it's also momentum. And yeah, sometimes I wish I was a gong <laughs> and like had a perfect <laughs> product market fit from the beginning, but, uh, but no, that's, that's, that's the interesting part. Yeah, no, definitely you have to find the right market fit and it takes time. You need to find different like ways to penetrate as well as you have to do a lot of experience and experiments and fail. And uh, you need to learn failing first and then, you know, and that's a sad journey. It's a part of the game. People like, uh, you know, all these big giants, senior leaders, 15 plus leaders been sitting in companies like Gong, Facebook, Metaverse and all that they have gone through uh, the same process. So it's, it's, it's definitely the part of the game. And, uh, and your uh, industry, I would say, we, have, uh, we all already have a partner SaaS platform named Content Studio. And it's been there for more than five years They're leading the space. It took them like four plus years. And uh, they also had a saturated space, but as compared to them in the marketing space, yours is a lot better. Like it's less saturated. Like you'll find a few tools like Loom just scaled it like, Two years ago, it was a shitty product back in 2017, 18, when I started uh, using it for my product and my team uh, at Content Studio. So, and, and it was surprisingly, they improved the experience, they improved the feature set, efficiency, uh, uh, you know, support each of, and now we have we are using it as a paid service, like for my entire team, like starting from myself and even my uh, customer support representative for my product uses Loom. Uh, so how collaborative is format? I'm pretty interested in, in knowing more about it. So like, um, I don't know if you're aware of privacy and security regulations in Europe, but that's completely different than in the US. Like what can we do? What, what are we not allowed to do? So it's all about data hosting. Mm -hmm. uh, where, where, where are the service collaboration? Okay. Mm -hmm. So we truly have a product where teams can collaborate, but in a safe way data classification is, 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 is very important. 
were way more regulated than uh, than sometimes what I would, would would like also in terms of what kind of customer data do we know what kind of customer data can we track what kind of customer data can we actually communicate with our champions and our buyers uh, what is anonymous and what's 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 not so that's really just to put a little bit of context but like like we have a collaborative module where you're you make a video and then someone else can edit it and can add some stuff and can make a copy and uh, i have a database video where i explain something and then you make a little clip um like saying hey nick look at the video from taylor where she explains your problem boom so that's all about collaboration um i don't know if that answers your, your question on, on like collaboration but that's where we where we are and um it's all about saving time and money and making the making a smooth process but making it personal like if i would just forward a video of taylor my my my, my customer or my person would say yeah make but i'm doing business with you but if i personalize it and say hey i truly understand your question i deal have a look at taylor's video then boom mps course goes up and that's 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 what i would love i'm more about personalization after this age of digitalization where everything was unpersonal and like how can we flip the switch how can i sort of make it nice and and, and i like maybe 3d modeling is going to be the next thing in the avatars and holograms but how can we make it personal again yeah. can you it's can you just can you, Go ahead. just uh, just a second can you make just dive into how you balance like leveraging the technology but also trying to keep that personal touch um while saving time obviously like tech saves time clearly but it also you know removes certain opportunities for relationships and touch points to happen so how do you like balance that within uh the company yeah. So we have a team that's very much video first. So that's that's amazing, and and we always think about how to personalize. But especially in my team, I've got some some guys um, um, that really say, okay, what's we have sentiment trackers, we have value trackers. So then we know, okay, if there's a if there's too many unhappy or happy or or some concerns customers, that's how we track if we are personal or not or not we also try to call each other's customer and say hey uh, how do you like the service so we constantly track how the service is interpreted on that on that level um, with nps or cset or anything but in the end we always ask our questions are we delivering personalized messages or not and and i think that's the, the big question and if you are not analyzing your own processes, then that's the number one thing to start doing because you do need tech to scale, but you also need to check when is scaling more important than, than personalized scaling. It's like personalized messaging at scale. That's where I think the true value is in a new day and age. The tools are there, the cameras are ready for it. The internet is ready for it. Some of the platforms are still behind, but they're coming, they're coming along. Uh, so yeah, it's, a tip, it's going to be the tipping point. Like how long is it going to be that we don't see any uh, emails without video anymore? When is that going to happen? Yeah, I mean, a lot has uh, gone through the wind of technology and there are some negatives. That's a long debate. Uh, we can put it for another day, but it's a long debate. I, I 100% can echo with what you're where you're coming from because I'm also a communication guy. I work with people all my life. Like uh, all the companies, all the teams that I've built, 
all uh, my job was to work with people and take work and understand them and it's all about being genuine uh, no matter what uh, and and technology gives you efficiency in 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 trying to react but to be able to be genuine or original you still need a human touch so that's a long debate what kind of technology you're using like uh, let's i assume uh, you're not supposed to share your customer base like uh, directly but let's let's assume your your team of five people you have around 80 enterprise customers let's talk talk about first enterprise segment what is the uh, you know average customer journey and uh, average csm or slash account executive manages the book of business tell us a bit about uh, and, and a bit about what is the day in day out for your customer success manager or yeah so we, we 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 truly have a system where customer success managers are industry experts so we manage like a, a group of 40 to 50 like star accounts where we have impact meetings uh, and some people say yeah you need to actually standardize or make make reports and send them out but we really personalize our impact meetings with benchmarks with videos with inspiration with growth we have a land and expand model. So personal contact is very important to see where the milestones are at. So our tech stack is, is Excel, actually. We do a lot in Excel. Um, we have HubSpot, we have Slack, and uh, we have some custom uh, messaging with our customers that, that we, have, we have a custom onboarding or messaging portal where we are in contact with our customer, but also with our champion. Um, but that's all built in the platform, built in the tool. But those are, it's very basic, our tech stack that we use to communicate with, with our customers. Um, it's, it's, so it's HubSpot um, and then it's email and then it's our own platform and our own tools. Um, and, and, and that's it. And we've been thinking of adopting a customer success platform, but at the moment it doesn't provide that much value. Um, and, and, and also like one of the, one of the challenges is that if we adopt a customer success platform, it needs to be within the ERR. Uh, so within Europe, because of all third party uh, supplier rules and regulations of the future. And then most of the good ones are actually in the U S. Um, so yeah, we're, we're, we're not there yet. Uh, so therefore we have, uh, like MySQL connected with Excel and, uh, and having all kinds of triggers and, and, and labels. Um, and linking that back into uh, triggers and and, and 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 to combat combine that with sentiment and that's how we do our business. Yeah, that that's that definitely makes sense. So I mean, uh, there is another notion into it, uh, which is what I've learned uh, while while talking to these people. Uh, you know, it's not necessary for you to have a dedicated customer success platform. Uh, at this, uh, while you can have your custom objects built in customer, uh, sorry, in, in your source of proof, which can be uh, Salesforce, can be uh, any CRM that you use. So did you think about it? Like having your customized uh, data layers for your CS customer facing team, and then they stay integrated with, with the product team or tech team? Yeah, we we're, we're like we we actually like to implement services. So we have Crisp. We have uh, uh, like a, also another DAP. Crisp is actually um, like a, a knowledge base and messaging uh, integration. But we don't want to build everything on our own because then you have like a like a, at the end you have a horrible tech stack to keep up if you want to build everything yourself. But yeah, it's 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 what 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 do you need like? We just do know that HubSpot is not going to be the long-term future, but like for for a few years, you can use it as a customer success tool. You have amazing like amazing consultants that that can make it into a customer success management tool. 
but I do believe that a dedicated tool in the future will be the way to go. But if you look at how they like how they're growing, if you look at the, the big three players, then two years ago they had a completely different proposition and features than now. So they're rapidly developing and I think in the long run, everyone will need a single source of truth because that is the problem. How do you have a, like a nice data warehouse connected to a single sort of truth that you're as a CS person, you don't always mm -hmm. have to switch between all kinds of like tools from Jira all yeah, the way right. to Slack and, and, and checking in. So I do, I do truly believe in it, but I don't know if the moment is there. Like at the moment you need a CRM for sales, but you don't need a CS tool yet. Yeah, that, that completely uh, makes sense. And, and, and also, uh, a lot of customer-facing teams, they need data that drives action, that makes sense to them. And they a lot of things that they look at and they grasp from other places, that, number one, they, it consumes a lot of their time. Number two, it doesn't drive them, you know, immediate actions or instant actions or critical actions. So that is why all these tools like Gainside, like, you know, Catalyst and all these widely tools you might be looking around. So these are uh, pretty helpful. And just like you said, you, you don't need it yet. Maybe down the road, you know that it's, it's a way to go. Great. So let's talk more about your team. Uh, like how closely you're integrated as team members. You, you're working remotely or is that, you know, on site? You know, you both from all, all of the team members from Netherlands? Yeah, we, we, we have like we have a hybrid team where we do still believe in, in, in sourcing talent and, and relocating to Amsterdam at the moment. Um, we do have some some development teams abroad, but everyone client facing, we actually say come over, come to the office and come learn. Uh, I, I am a fan of remote working and, and I truly believe that that's the future, but I also really love to connect and being in the same room if it's possible and, and overhearing conversation and building the machine while flying. And I highly respect companies that built the machine remote. Like then you have need to have a very clear structure and, and, and way of working in place. But, but also now we, if you want to have that remote team, you need specialists. You really need people that, what you said, get shit done. Um, and, and that's in a tough market right now. How can you find the talent that you know will spend all the time remote? Um, and and it, I, I prefer training them a little bit more and getting a little more media junior people on board and grow with them. And otherwise, you need to have the experienced customer success person that knows how to build a machine. You need to experience account executive that knows how to work remote. And then, yeah, the salaries go up. Risk goes up. Uh, yeah. Exactly. And, and, and in Europe, uh, there is also a language barrier, like uh, your product must be a multilingual as well as your people must need to speak like Dutch and, you know, your Spanish, your regional uh, language. How about that? Like, have you yeah, so that's, that's, that's the hyper localization that, that I truly believe in. Uh, yes, you can, you can come a far way with like, like a long way with English, but a German hospital will never do business with you if you don't have a German point of sales and a German knowledge base and a German training module. And uh, of course, like some of the early adopters in the SaaS companies in Berlin might might do it. But if you want to go for the like the big chunk of markets, um, like yeah, the enterprises, you need to localize. So the Nordics, you need yeah. to localize. The, and, and localization is not that costly anymore. Like you can just create multi-language multi 
And luckily we have automated translations in our videos. So yeah, we can add any kind of subtitle to a video and, and making sure that it can be localized. Um, but yeah, translating an app is easy with new cloud, uh, translating your, your knowledge base, but also video is such a sensitive topic still. How can you make a transition into a company? How can you change behavior? Therefore, you just need someone that knows the culture. Like if you don't know the culture, you cannot change behavior. Like that's just not going to work. So I'm traveling a lot between Amsterdam and Madrid, Spain, and things that work in Amsterdam will not work in Madrid. Well, in the US, like if it works in Washington, it will probably work in New York and in LA and in Seattle. And that's, that's I'm always jealous about scaling in, 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 in the US first and, and scaling in Europe. Like it's insane, like or, or scaling in, in, let's say India or any other bigger, bigger country. I would love it. But yeah, the reality is that, that if I drive two hours to the south, I'm in Belgium, two hours to, to, to the <laughs> east, I'm in Germany, two hours to the north, actually I'm in the sea, but then I go to Denmark. Like, yeah, it, it's, 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 it's a melting pot of cultures and also different behavior and, and different behavior around change and being a change agent. How do you, how do you know which um, cultures and what uh, kind of touch points and what things you should be doing to evolve and adapt to uh, like those new, emer not emerging, uh, you know, industries, but those that you want to slowly tap into? How do you know there's so much information? <laughs> Local partners is one, like try, like, how can you translate your pain points into their pain points, testing and getting someone on the ground that, that knows, that has experience with your buyer personas really helps. Personally, I'm also connected to a community it's called Pavilion or Revenue Collective. And then I just can ask any sales sales leader in the, in any of the, like the capitals, say, hey, what works for you? What are the agencies you work with? Can you can you link link me? Because uh, having community in Europe is definitely necessary. Uh, having someone that can help you with go to markets that has been there and that can review. Um, we have a lot of consultants that help us. Okay, go to market Nordics. Get them, get some expert in there. If you want to do it all by yourself you're going to feel even more like, yeah. And, and really having a network of people is, is truly what I believe in. Yeah, it, it, it is, it becomes necessary in, in, in parts like, and, and with a solution like yours and you're, you're so much targeting towards enterprise. And just like you mentioned that uh, one thing about, about that enterprise or local business in Berlin, you cannot like you cannot they won't even meet on a coffee table you know they won't even like start the initial initial conversation so it becomes harder for people that are on the front front runners so uh yeah that was interesting and uh, like just touches uh, a bit on what what kind of uh, growth medics do you see going into next uh, next year and uh, where are you guys heading by the way it's so like yeah, like slowly we were we were cutting away use cases and now we're focusing on 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 really on internal communication, team communication, and employer branding, um, and and education and awareness is is one of them. So going to the localization topic, I can create an amazing webinar that fits with the Dutch culture and a pain point with let's say. I can make a like a, a webinar for municipalities about a change of in 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 law and legislation for how to 
request a new passport. I don't know. It's super local and it will work here, but it's definitely not going to work in Germany. So you need to find those triggers and how can you say visual communication uh, is necessary to actually achieve X, Y, Z. And, and that's where we are slowly growing into that we do know what are the success use cases in industries, um, departments, and also countries. Uh, and, and, and that's the, that's the, that's the magical space that, that we're in because I also know where it's not going to work. Like if your company is, is very stressing on your day to day and the, it's micromanaged and you need to have a certain list done, there's no room for experimentation. Video is not the way to go and, and, and not, not, not to grow. So where we are looking for is to find the, the one or two video touch points that really help a team to excel and then slowly grow and expand. So land, expand, and, and, then, and afterwards explode. So sometimes we grow from 10 licenses to a thousand um, and, and really they want to see the success first, but often they don't mm -hmm. know yet what success could be because it's completely new for them. Like the, the enterprises are not the people where the startup entrepreneurs are coming from. Yes, sometimes, of course, but yeah, they're more like, the, I do my thing. Uh, tomorrow I'm going to do the exact same thing. The day after I'm going to do the exact same thing until someone tells me to do something else. And then I'm going to do that exact same thing and repeat and repeat and repeat. And, and that's a, that's a fun thing. Like talking to people like you, but actually doing business with a completely different persona. And that's a, 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 a that's a lot of fun. It's, it's all about, okay. uh, you know, finding fun and uh, not just a passion, uh, a, a grit of fiddle. Uh, you know, how you can uh, hustle more and what drives you day to day and what's something that you're chasing every day. And if you have that something that you're looking up to, that will always create uh, interesting uh, turns into life and that can be anything. And, uh, but you know, that's but Adil, like, have you, have, have you ever serviced truly enterprise customers? Or have you always been more in SMB and uh, SaaS type of, 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 of companies as um, customers? I represented Quicken Loans Mortgage when I started my first job. Then I we did sales for AT&T, uh, you know, some insurances, Medicaid, Medicare. So we worked for those companies uh, that were enterprise. When when I started the startup, like SaaS Journey back in 2017, it was a small uh, product in the marketing space, social media marketing space with uh, 700 customers. And, uh, you know, I built the initial team, customer-facing team, you know, processes and everything. Then I left three years later and I started my own product. So just like you mentioned, we work mostly with, uh, you know, with entrepreneurs, early stage startups, or maybe uh, small to medium scale sized businesses, but not enterprise. Now, when I uh, jumped into services business, because I wanted to fuel my products, I wanted to do product that need needed investment and personal capital and everything. So for that, I started business, managed service business for, for a lot of big businesses that we, we have done. So we are currently working with, uh, with an enterprise businesses, business uh, out of New York, uh, Cognito and Ascend Learning. They are uh, one of the leaders in the space, uh, you know, e-learning space. They're working with NGOs and all that. They're working nationwide uh, in the US. So, and the, the, I felt the difference, just like you mentioned. So I definitely uh, felt the difference. So it's it, you have to uh, you have to find yourself pretty much placed into their processes. They're not gonna move. They're not gonna move the needle for you. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's what yeah, that's, that's what I've learned. Yeah. So like like one of the guys in the team, we we have like 
like bi-weekly training sessions. And last time it was all about being an internal change agent for our own team, but then also being a change agent for our customers. And that truly understanding the person you're talking with or talking to on the other side is, is, is crucial because we thought, okay, what is necessary to be a change agent for someone in our team? How many steps do you need? And then how is it different from being a change agent in one of the companies that we actually work for? And that made us realize what do we need to provide our champions, our buyers with to go to their transition process. And we constantly need to remind ourselves that they are not like us. And that sounds, maybe that sounds horrible, but we constantly have to say, okay, their process will go slower. So like change think about the customer, think about the buyer and don't try to fall into the, the, the trap where you just take yourself as N, like N is one and then think like, I'm the customer, I'm, the per, I'm, I'm a human being. No, really like persona, segments um, and, and, and that, yeah. I don't know, that's what, what I like about this, like the, the segmented approach of, of enterprises and people, everyone is different and how can we service them and how can we make sure that we have a, onboarding flow for all the different segments they all go to to their success in a different time span maybe someone goes yeah. less than a day someone does it in three years and um i think that's where where customer success is also and, heading and all in these, approach exactly and all these uh you can say principles and rules they are so much tied to the to the fundamentals like steve jobs been saying like early 90s used to say the same things. You got to be customer-centric. You got to listen to because there was no technology, not much tools and all that. But he still achieved it. Why? Because he knew that how he can, he can embed into his team's DNA, initial team's DNA, that how to become, uh, how to be uh, and go down to your customer's level and then understand and, and understand the position and, and talk uh, that that way and you know listen to them as much as possible and build better products on that yeah but on the one end you need to be customer centric yes but on the other end you also need to understand how to communicate to a board and to investors and metrics also matter and you cannot always say yeah but customers mat like matter like if your customer base is 20 and you don't have a vision and you don't say okay but like to actually have the voice of the customer, we need a bigger customer base before we can take them serious. So that's also like, when can you be customer centric? What's the volume you need to have actually reliable data? And, and that's sometimes tricky. Like, yeah, we need to be customer centric, but also a little bit with, 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 with the hat. Like, yeah, you can't always just say whatever exactly. the customer and you, does or wants. And, and Exactly. And you, understanding the, the role of the customer, maybe whoever the point of contact is, you need to understand the position, what to ask, how to ask. Like there, there are loads of email that land in my inbox every Monday. And I know how many people, how many people I need to respond in two or three days. That's, that's going to be normal to them. And how many people I need to respond in maybe in a few hours. So I, I, I know that those companies are different. Those customers are different. If I react this way, they'll be okay. If I react this way, they, they would like definitely it's going to be unbelievable. So it's just all about, you know, just like you mentioned before, understanding the role and position of, of your point of contact by communicating, whether you're communicating with the CTO or board member or, or investor, you need to know their position, what they need uh, to hear, what you need to tell. So it's just, just all about understanding and being there, walking in their shoes more, of, more often. I always say What's it's about shifting gears. Yeah, it's also it's, it's always about. about shifting gears. 
So sometimes yeah. you need to be in the first year or like at least in, in Europe, like second, third, fourth, like in the US, you want to go and drive and park. So that's like, it's more <laughs> difficult. But um, yeah, and 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 it's it's you can shift in leadership styles, but you can also you also need to shift in what you communicate. Uh, if you if you're gonna present data, then yeah, how are you gonna present it? It's not manipulation, but it's just setting the stage. It's framing, and and, and that's really any junior that's now listening. Like work on your being a chameleon. Like really like go and, and and be able to shift gears and don't say no this is how i am like no always adapt to the person that's on the other side of the table uh all, adapt to your customers adapt to your your leadership adapt to your investors and, and yeah that's my that's my advice yeah yeah absolutely absolutely you gotta be adaptive and uh you know you need to mold with that just like a water you know with everything that comes along uh and tether is is pretty good at it you know, Kater, you have any question on that? No, I, I think that that's an amazing little uh, nugget to end on, Mick. I think it's really important that, you know, no matter what, at the end of the day, it comes down to, you know, conversations. And you really need to cherish those conversations, no matter if it's with the CTO, the board members, your customers. Each conversation should be just as important. And when you, you know, view those conversations with that importance, you're able to get the nuggets that you need in order to pivot, in order to refine and to move forward and grow. And um, I think, you know, that's it's it's amazing that, you know, there are other people out there with these types of mindsets. Uh, yeah, awesome. yeah but like, like 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 let's let's try like let's try to dig one like a little deeper. So I don't mm. know the people you talk to so often people in customer success now are still struggling with getting a seat on the revenue table. Um, and often people are a bit more support and, and soft. Um, but how can we educate those people that if you want to have NRR metrics and if you want to have like a, a seat at the revenue table, that what can we tell them to do and uh, to be a little more like the CFO or a little more like the CRO, the chief, like chief revenue officer, like, how can what can we provide them or how can we help them like to, to be taken serious on a revenue level and also in the in the, in the board board meetings do you have any experience or what you've used to coach people to to make that switch honestly just in my personal experience i'm no expert um, in these areas but it's less about you know telling what people what they have to do and guiding the way showing them this is the this is how i foresee it to be done let's try it this way and if you are the one me you know the person coaching is the one that has to get their hands dirty to show this is the way or this is how i would go about um, the situation then you know it's way worth that uh, extra effort and that going the extra mile to show, exemplify what you're looking for. You know, it's one thing to direct and to, you know, work together collaboratively, but what if they don't even know what first step to take, even though you're saying it, you know, it's, and it comes with, you know, not only psychologically too, you know, what are their experiences? Well, how have their experiences shaped why they're making the decision not to move with that hat on, the CFO hat, you know? kind of unpeel where their mindset is and what is driving that lack of um you know thought and um yeah motivation toward that yeah 
It's really definitely interesting. Uh, <laughs> so that, yeah, it's, yeah, definitely, it's definitely, inter it's <laughs> definitely super interesting um, though. And it's all about um, really, at least for me, I, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I, I work in a bunch of different things. I'm, I'm on the SaaS uh, side, but I also do a lot of different hands-on work. I, I do, I build high rises here in New York City. So I'm actually hands-on in some things on the con the construction side of things. And sometimes it's way worth it to, it doesn't matter if you own the company, like give me the screwdriver, I'll show you how to frame, frame the house and then we'll move forward, you know? And sometimes it takes that little extra oh shit, like, okay, this is how it's going to be done. And sometimes it has to be done. You don't want to, it's going to take me an extra two hours, but I just motivated him to work harder for, for two years, you know? And sometimes that trade-off, if you have to uncover that trade-off for yourself, and that's really important. That's it. <laughs> that's what I got. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, just uh, like this, that's that's leading by example. That's that's yeah. yeah that, it's, that, it's all that, about going it. first. It's all about going first, and uh, you know, getting your hands dirty and showing people how it's done. Maybe they can or cannot do it, but once they see you doing it, going first, that will give them an extra push. And mm -hmm. uh, of course, there there's still gonna be people that won't get shit done. But again, you have to push push them as much harder as, as possible as, as you can possibly could. So uh, I think this is pretty deep and nice conversation we got into in the last 20 minutes. I really appreciate your time, Mick. Uh, we're pretty much on it, um, you know, for taking the time today for this episode. And uh, we have so many friends and uh, business partners in, 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 in not in Europe, I'm talking about Netherlands. And uh, we'll definitely touch base on things that we can uh, we can help each other, support each other in any way, any later much way, uh, and 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 we'll touch base. Take good care of yourself, and thanks one 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 more time for taking the time. Thank you, Adil and Taylor. Thank you, Mac. We really appreciate you. You're awesome. I'm gonna connect. We'll, we'll, I'll connect with you on LinkedIn so we can stay in touch. This is an awesome conversation. Yeah, so like uh, if you have any people in, in the Netherlands that work in customer success, let them like connect like please with me because um, uh, I sort of try to gather all the activity and events that are there on customer success to grow the community. Um, like uh, we have leadership dinners, we have breakfast events, we have virtual meetings and I sort of try to gather it. There's like a little like slowly a community growing. Um, like London already has one, Paris already has one, and now we're building one in, in, in Amsterdam. So if you know anyone, please let them connect and, uh, and we have to grow, and especially women in customer success, because they sometimes are a bit quiet. You don't hear from them that much, but they're super important. And often it's the guys, they're a bit more vocal and present on LinkedIn. So please share, connect, and, uh, and you, you'll, you'll hear really soon from okay. us. Uh, yeah, not probably the girls. I don't talk much with girls, by the way. I'm not so compatible. Anyway, uh, they feel like I'm, I'm always toxic, but, uh, you know, uh, for sure, uh, for the boys. So, that's my friends, my business friends, relationship. I'll definitely touch base with you. Uh, take good care of yourself, my friend. Thank you. Goodbye. Peace. Thank you so very much for staying with us on the episode. Please share your feedback at adil at hyperengage.io. We definitely need it. Uh, we will see you next time with another guest on the stage with some concrete tips on how to operate better as a customer success leader and how you can empower engagements with some building some meaningful relationships. We qualify people for the episode just to make sure we bring the value to the listeners. 
do reach us out if you want to refer any CS leader. Until next time, goodbye and have a good rest of your day.